This is an AMI podcast. I'm Dave Brown, and this is a podcast version of AMI's Morning Show, now with Dave Brown. Catch the live broadcasts weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Mike Agarbo of the App Show is here to talk some technology. Hey, good morning, Mike. Good morning. Mike, have you recovered from your New Orleans trip? Have you rehydrated? <laughs> I did. It was an awesome trip, but happy to be back home without all the humidity. Yeah, well, that heat wave is coming for you this weekend, though, so don't get too comfy. Uh, Mike, let's, let's talk about reception. Two big tech players are teaming up on a very interesting project. What are Starlink and T-Mobile working towards in the United States? Well, this is interesting. Starlink has that constellation of uh, satellites that provide internet services uh, to people around the world. They've got, I think, over 400,000 subscribers. Well, Elon Musk uh, has uh, done a deal now with T-Mobile down in the States to kind of blend their services together to eliminate dead spots for T-Mobile customers. This will be coming in 2023. They'll be using uh, version 2 of Starlink's uh, satellites. Uh, But essentially, if you're a T-Mobile subscriber down there, there will be no dead spots because uh, it'll be filled in by Elon Musk's satellite uh, service. So if there are any emergency calls you need to make uh, or uh, texts, this will be able to provide it. The benefit to me seems clear on this, Mike. But is there a sense of how much of the continental U.S. is covered by some dead spots? Because there's a lot of very much not populated areas. Well, yeah, if you look at a map uh, of uh, the U.S. And, and any of the cell phone carriers down there as far as their coverage, you can see basically the middle of the U.S. has uh, uh, got large areas uh, that uh, don't have uh, coverage. So that does pose a problem if you are in an emergency situation in the middle of uh, nowhere. So uh, this new service will uh, you know, potentially wipe that all out. Uh, you'll never be uh, uh, away from being able to make an emergency call and even into U.S. territorial uh, waters uh, as well. But kind of the interesting thing for me is like how long before Elon Musk uh, has the technology and the will to actually launch his own satellite cellular service to compete with uh, these big carriers? Mm, That's a really interesting question because certainly we're already seeing that on the internet front, right? People are able, especially in in remote areas or rural areas, to buy some of that Starlink technology. So you're right, it stands to reason if the satellites are offering the service already, why couldn't he make his own standalone? Well, he could. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably part of his uh, plan uh, going down. Uh, yeah. uh, like Elon Musk is no dummy. Like he he has, uh, you know, big ambitions. He plans out years in advance. And so I don't even think the cell phone carriers know what, what's about to hit them. <laughs> this guy's always come in to disrupt something or other. There's no doubt about that. Whether people like him or hate him, there's no doubt that Elon Musk has a vision and he's not afraid to try and put the motion, put the wheels into motion. Mike, let, let's shift north of the border on this front a little bit. Do you think this could be some kind of framework that could apply to Canadian consumers moving forward? I think so. I, I think eventually, once he got the once he's got the T-Mobile thing going, he'll make some deal with one of the carriers up here to uh, provide that same uh, service uh, as well. There haven't been any announcements yet, but I think it's uh, you know going to be coming down the pipe. I mean, he also said that for his Tesla cars, 
this uh, this new service will be provided into the vehicles uh, as well. So uh, Tesla cars will always have emergency communications. Ah, you said the magic word, Mike, because while we're talking about Elon Musk and some of his companies, let's shift over to Tesla, where some of their self-driving technology is facing some criticism. Some users posted test videos on YouTube that uh, utilized, I'm going to call it a questionable technique. What did these videos show? There's one user down uh, in the U.S., uh, a user, a, a driver, uh, basically, uh, who's with the Red Dawn Project. They posted uh, some videos uh, saying that uh, Congress should shut down Tesla's full self-driving uh, beta uh, software because it's dangerous to uh, civilians uh, and especially kids. They actually did some videos where they had a, a Tesla Model 3 with the full self-driving uh, beta software going and uh testing it to see if it would stop for uh, mannequins of children. Uh, they didn't. <laughs> they mowed these mannequins down. Uh, they posted these videos. And then some other idiot uh, decided to use his own children to prove that it was safe. Uh, thankfully, those children weren't mowed down, but uh, that video is posted. Uh, it was taken down by YouTube. Elon Musk has asked that all of these videos be taken down because that's just not safe. Mike, what what kind of process occurs when videos like this are reported to YouTube? Uh, typically, they've uh, got a couple different uh, ways to, to look at it. Uh, a lot of times, it's just kind of uh, uh, you know they've got bots and uh, automated services that take down uh, you know videos that uh, run afoul of. Uh, uh, their terms of uh, agreement, uh, but then they also have people that look these over uh, as well to make sure that uh, they're on the, the right side yeah. or wrong side. I, I, I understand the temptation that people may have to do some of their own experimentation here, but using your kids as crash test dummies, not super advisable. And then definitely posting it on YouTube, also not super advisable. But, uh, but I, under, I, under, oh. I understand, right? I, I understand the temptation here because there are some people who are real Tesla-ites the real the real acolytes of Tesla and they want to say no 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 your video is wrong look at me posting my video not even considering the potential consequences it's stupid you know and you know in fairness the software's not fully baked yet there's no question it's still called a beta it's still being tested you still have to be you know hands on the wheel uh, you know, foot near the brake in case anything uh, happens. And, you know, Elon Musk has even said that, uh, you know, they save thousands of uh, accidents, uh, you know, every day because of this software. So, you know, it, it is helping. I think it's going in the right direction. We're still probably five, 10 years, probably more on the 10 year side for, uh, you know, full self-driving uh, cars to be, you know, safer than humans. Mike, just diving a little bit deeper into that, do you find that sometimes these conversations about stories like this end up trivializing some of the broader conversations around self-driving programming? There's so many things we have to look at. I mean, the technology is one aspect of it. Uh, you know, we have to look at, you know, how the artificial intelligence is uh, judging, uh, you know, what moves to make uh, as well. You know, if it was put in a situation uh, where, you know, it had two choices and, you know, it had to, you know, choose between two different lives. Like who makes that call? Obviously, uh, you know, us humans have to uh, bake that into the programming. You know, then there's all the regulatory and government issues there. So there's just layer upon layer of uh, things that we need to still look at as a society when it comes to this type of technology. Yeah, it's one of the technologies that I know from the blind and low vision perspective that we're keeping a close eye on because uh, these costs of Ubers to get in across the city of Toronto are starting to really add up when I need to get out to Mississauga and the bus is 
not the most useful way to get out there. Hey, Mike, this, uh, unfortunately, is one of the last times you and I are going to get to chat on air. I just wanted to thank you and express gratitude for all of the work that you and your colleague John and all your friends uh, over there at Get Connected Media have been doing for years and years with our network. Uh, You've predated me on this show, uh, working with guys like Mike on Live from Studio 5 and Jeff and Paul and Kevin and so many folks. Mike, I wanted to say thank you for all the work that you and your colleagues are doing. And just because you won't be heard on this show anymore doesn't mean people can't follow along with the work that you guys are doing. Yeah, they can check us out at getconnectedmedia.com. It's been a real pleasure uh, chatting with you uh, over these years, uh, Dave, and working with the entire AMI team. Uh, We'll continue to do so on different projects uh, going forward. So this won't be the last uh, you'll uh, see of us. (laughs) You can't get rid of Mike Agrabo that easy. Mike Agrabo will hang in there. Hey, Mike, again, all the best. It's been such a pleasure uh, learning from you over the course of the last couple of years. You're a real expert in the field and a true pro, and we're always grateful for your thoughts. Thank you. You've been listening to Now with Dave Brown. Hit the subscribe button on any podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hadjar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.